0: Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin, Stan the Show. We are going to go through all of the preseason from the last couple of weeks in preparation for the NBA season, which tips off in, you know, a day, basically, by the time you guys are listening to this. Happy NBA Eve, everybody. So the way we're going to do this, I essentially have one, two, three, four sections here. Um, Who impressed, who needed to show more, uh, macro takeaways, and then finally expectations for this team. Now that we are, again, by the time you guys are listening to this, roughly 24 hours or so from the season kicking off. So uh, we're going to start with who impressed. Uh, We'll go player by player. And get it going. First player who impressed me, the player who impressed me the most this last preseason, the Russell offensively. He had incredible command over the offense. Uh, he it really developed a ton of chemistry with the players that he needs to have that chemistry with. Right. Anthony Davis, uh, funnily enough, uh, Jackson Hayes, and he were like besties on the court. Um, yeah, I, I I, don't think that Christian Wood is necessarily the kind of big that you really develop chemistry with for a player like D'Angelo Russell. It's like a pick and pop player. So those kinds of players you know, just kind of exist or whatever. Um, and then defensively, he absolutely blew me away. Game in, game out, he really seemed to be focusing on developing the habits on that end of the court, that will extend his career and extend his, you know, prime earnings portion of his career. Uh, You know, he saw, he, he admitted, right. He admitted how the uh, playoffs last year impacted, uh, you know, how he was impacted basically by that, that playoff run where he was played off of the court and, and, you know, lo and behold, he didn't talk about this, but it did change what he was going to make this last off season remember the the reports at the beginning of the off season was he was expecting a 2 year 50 ish million dollar contract he got a 2 year 32 or so million dollar contract uh 34 maybe um that is not the 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 off season he was hoping to have and he understands that and 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 again credit to him for recognizing that he needed to make changes on then at that end of the court, whether it was an approach or execution or both. And he seemed to do that over the course of the preseason. Now we'll see what kind of, uh, if he does at, at various points revert back to those bad habits, 82 games is a long time to change basically your approach to defense that you have uh you know had basically for a decade now um in playing in the NBA and we'll see we'll see what that kind of looks like we'll we'll um it'll be something worth paying attention to and and whether or not he's able to stick to that stuff is probably going to decide whether or not he is a laker beyond this next uh trade deadline so d'angelo russell thoroughly impressed by what he showed on both ends of the court and makes me really excited for what he might be able to bring to the table over the course of the season, and maybe just maybe into the postseason. The next, I guess, player I, I was going to do an AD thing and a LeBron thing, but I'm just going to combine them because their off season, basically, um, or their preseason, sorry, uh, consisted of one main priority: stay healthy. <laughs> Like everything beyond that is, is, you know, you're playing with house money, but, uh, and they did right AD looked very healthy there at the very end. He was, uh, you know, dunking from, uh, the, the dotted circle in the key. That was cool to see. Uh, LeBron James looks healthy, was shooting the ball significantly. Well, Well, both of them were shooting the ball a lot better than the last time we saw them. They look better. They look a lot more spry. In Anthony Davis's case, I don't know if this is definitely you know, why it is the, the, he looks slimmer or whatever, whether it's my theory is that he thinks he's going to play a little bit less center and thus didn't feel the need to bulk up in the way that he did last year, or he saw the impact that bulking up had on him as a player. I thought it was a negative impact on him and went back to losing a little bit of weight having a little extra uh, uh, explosiveness. And and it really showed, I thought, you know, throughout the preseason, every time he was on the court, he was the best player out there for the Lakers, if not period. So that's what the Lakers are going to need from him. If they are going to reach their absolute highest ceiling type possibilities, he's going to have to be an MVP candidate, right? I don't think LeBron... Can be the best player on a championship team in, in, anymore um, on a nightly basis. So that means AD is going to have to be in. You know what we saw from the preseason. I think that he can do that, and 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 very importantly here, he recognizes that that's what is needed of him, and he recognizes um, and 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 heard the stuff that was said about him and the Lakers from the team that swept them. And route to a championship. So uh, I really liked what I saw on and off the court from AD and for LeBron, like still looks like a freight train looked healthy, was getting up and windmill dunking in practice and he's shooting the ball really well. Um, you know, a couple of defensive breakdowns and up, but you kind of anticipate that in, in preseason. I, I so long as uh, LeBron is healthy I have no real concerns over him uh, and and what he's going to be able to do on the court. Like I said a second ago, I don't think he's capable of being the best player on a championship team anymore, which is, like, it sounds a lot harsher than it actually is. Like, I don't think a 40-year-old basketball player can be the best player on a championship team. Like, that that shouldn't be something that, like, it sounds groundbreaking. It sounds like, oh, <gasps> What did he say? But no, like he's, he's 39 years old. He's been in the league for 29 years. He has more miles on his odometer than any other player in the history of the sport. And, and yeah, I think it is time that AD does finally take that baton from Anthony Davis, right? If they were in a relay, LeBron has probably run an extra 400 yards or 400 meters trying to give the goddamn baton to Anthony Davis. And, uh, you know, we're hopefully this is a year that that actually happens. Next player on my who impressed list, Austin Reeves, man, like him shooting. Pull up threes in the pick and roll. If he's adding that to his repertoire, that changes a lot of what the Lakers can do offensively. Right. One of the notes that Yovan, um, made when he was on the show last week, um, which you guys should check out crazy numbers compared to the rest of the numbers here on YouTube on that episode. But one thing that he mentioned was how like it was Reeves and D'Angelo Russell kind of being the engines to the offense. And uh, it didn't feel weird. LeBron and AD were able to kind of take a step back and it felt organic uh, that they were able to do that, and that just means at the end of games, LeBron will be that much more fresh. Anthony Davis will be that much more fresh, and and uh, if Reeves, you know, continues what he showed in feeble play, continues what he showed in the preseason, and and really does take a legit step forward this this year, the Lakers basically need him to do that. They paid him as if they anticipated him to do that. The Lakers expect him to do that. Everything I have heard from the Lakers and everything that they have also said publicly would indicate that they are confident that he is going to take that step forward. Um, and, And this preseason has indicated to me that he's ready to do that. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, a little lower on the list in, in, in terms of uh, expectations here, but the next player I'm I'm going to mention is Jackson Hayes. I had zero expectations for him. I didn't like the signing. I thought that, especially given the fact that like Bismack Biyombo is still available. I had maintained basically that Hayes was a signing that the Lakers made without understanding the way that the market was going to play out. And I think the market, took a lot of people by surprise, right? None more so than Christian Wood himself. And, uh, but that said, I thought Hayes outplayed Wood all preseason. And it is the setting that Hayes would outplay Wood, right? He is uh, an energy guy. He is a rim runner. He's athletic. He's playing with guys who get him the ball and his shots are easier to finish than Christian Wood's are. Um, and, And yet, Even given that, he outplayed Hayes like even beyond expectations going into it. So I uh, was really impressed with Hayes. I'm really curious how the the center rotation plays out. I do think Wood is going to get the first nod, um, but I do think because of the culture of competition that the Lakers have instilled, that Hayes has a very real shot at fighting his way into those rotation minutes if Wood continues to kind of disappoint more on him in a bit. Last player here on the who impressed list, Torin Prince. You know, I came into this thinking that, uh, you know, Rui was going to be the starter, should be the starter. I don't think that that is still the case. So I've changed my mind on that. I thought that if it wasn't going to be Rui, it should probably be Vanderbilt. Um, and I don't think that is going to be the case because of Vanderbilt's injury. So Prince is, I think, going to be the opening night starter at small forward, and he makes a lot of sense there in that he's a good combination of defense and offense. Um, he'll provide the spacing that that starting unit needs to execute at the level that I think they can. And then defensively, he gets after it. He honestly gets after it a little too hard with the way that he was drawing fouls, right, um, or, or, or or committing fouls. So, um, but still, I I I I liked the signing when they when they brought prince in and was very excited i thought remember i uh i think after it went through and pete was allowed to talk about him i talked to pete um by the way i think this is a good time to to say this we're doing a triangle pod yeah it's gonna be harrison it's gonna be pete it's gonna be me it's gonna be here on youtube it's gonna be everywhere you get your pods those are always fun you're gonna want to check that out but anyway um, with Pete, I told him that I thought the Prince was going to be one of those plus minus darlings because of the stuff that he showed, um, as he proved that he should start. And, uh, you know, look, <coughs> excuse me, maybe I read a little too much into these things, but it's kind of funny that in the middle of a Sunday of a football Sunday, the Lakers tweeted out of a highlight reel, basically of touring Prince Prince playing really well. So that, I'm kind of taking to indicate that he's probably going to be the opening night starter. Um, how long he holds on to that, you know, that's a that's a different thing. And and I do think that the Lakers should toy with starting lineups over the course of 82 games. That's kind of the point. Um, you want to you want to get good data data samples, you know, so that when it comes time to the postseason, you can make educated decisions on. Lineup combinations, roles within the rotation, all of that stuff, and 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 I do think though, to start the season, Torian Prince has definitely, borderline objectively, earned the starting gig on opening night. Shouts to Prince for that. All right, now the next segment of players are going to be the guys who I needed to see more from in this preseason and uh you know they border from out and out disappointment to uh you know circumstantial stuff and uh yeah let's 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 go ahead and get going on the on these guys the first i would say disappointment from preseason was Rui Hachimura. Um I think and I thought heading into the preseason that he should be the starter. I do still think that when it comes time to like win games, he will just from a sheer talent perspective, he's the best wing that they have not named LeBron. Um, From a sheer talent perspective, the Lakers would be their best version of themselves. If Rui is able to play at the very least closing minutes, maybe not starter minutes, whatever, I do like the idea of him kind of anchoring the um, the offense with the with the second unit. But uh, he also needs to be able to play off of LeBron. He needs to be able to play off of Anthony Davis. And I thought that it looked kind of clunky no matter what the role was for him this year um, or this this preseason. I didn't like that. The only way that the Lakers felt comfortable getting him and getting him involved in the offense was to basically stop all ball and player movement and give him it, give him the ball in isolation and just tell him to go to work. Yeah. He's good at that stuff. And that is going to be valuable over the course of the season. And definitely in the, in the, in the postseason. right? Having somebody who you can, who the ball can rotate over to with six seconds, seven seconds on the shot clock and feel confident that at the very least you're going to get a good look. Um, that is very valuable, but I, I need Rui to be more than that, right? I need him to be, able to confidently and comfortably catch the ball on a swing and knock down a catch and shoot three from the corner. I need him to, you know, defensively pick up the other team's best wing, right? Because if he's out there with LeBron and AD, you don't really want LeBron doing that. And you don't actually really want AD doing that either because that pulls him away from the help defense that he can be a destroyer, a destroyer of worlds. Good Lord. Um, and I playing as, so, uh, I, I needed to see more from Rui. I didn't like the way that he was kind of implemented in the offense and, and just in general. And I do hope that over the course of the, of the season that we, we see enough from him, uh, that the extension makes sense. And, and uh, the Lakers will not be the best version of themselves if Rui doesn't take a real and tangible step forward. And I just didn't see it enough in this preseason. The next guy is kind of circumstantial and it's a bummer that I have to talk about him this way, but Jared Vanderbilt, right? We didn't see enough of him. And uh, yeah, I, if it wasn't going to be Rui, I thought Vanderbilt for sure was going to be the starter, right? Because of what he brings on the defensive side of the ball. But at this point, given how few minutes that he played in in the preseason and the real questions about whether or not he's even healthy, um, we haven't gotten any real tangible information on that front. The Lakers don't like to offer that in general. um and and he's in you know, another instance where the Lakers are just like, "Yeah, I'll be back at some point." um and and, yeah, and in in this case, you know, because we didn't see very much of Vanderbilt and the last time we saw Vanderbilt, He was getting played off of the the court in basically every series that the Lakers played in most notably, and most obviously in that nugget sweep, he needs to play more. He needed to play more in this preseason. So we, we could see like, is, is he a more capable corner three point shooter? Is he a more capable dunker spot type of player? Um, all of those things, like, we 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 didn't learn anything about Jared Vanderbilt this this preseason, and, you know, it's because of injuries. I, it's, like, unlike with Rui, I thought Rui just didn't really play all that well, and we didn't see enough from him because of him and because of the way that he was um put into, you know, the places that he was put in to succeed or not. Uh, in this case, this is, like, Vanderbilt's body didn't allow him to be out there. And and so over the course of, you know, the first stretch of the season, we're going to have to, he's like, the first stretch of the season is going to have to be his preseason. He's going to have to play catch up over the course of the 82 games that, that hopefully we watch him. In. Same kind of goes for Gabe Vincent, uh, who was day to day. And we, again, very little information about him, as to like what actually ailed him it was kind of like general soreness or whatever and we kept on hearing that the lakers were holding him out for precautionary reasons um and and yeah like it reminded me of kendrick nunn so and we saw what happened with kendrick nunn right he had the worst bone bruise in the history of bone bruises and basically never played for the lakers so um I, I i obviously don't think that's how this is going to go with vincent but um i you know given the importance that you know he is going to play on this team whether it's with the second unit or if the lakers do trade uh d'angelo russell playing a little bit more with with the main units or whatever um we needed to see a little bit more from from Gabe vincent and we weren't able to because of the variety of reasons that we were given for why he wasn't playing and, and, and whatever. So I'm really curious with both Vincent and Vanderbilt, if they're going to be able to go on opening night. And if not, like, and we continue to get this, you know, shadowy message from the Lakers that, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. like, yeah, if you can, if they can't go on opening night I, and I, I think they will. I don't know. But if they aren't, if they don't like, all right, then it, then it's probably time to start asking some, some more uh, directed and pointed questions. Another guy who somewhat disappointed, um, partially because of my own expectations for him. I thought maybe, may, I think maybe I, my expectations got a little, I got a little carried away with him um, was Max Christie, but, and, and I I also think this is somewhat circumstantial. Uh, we saw Cam Reddish, I think, get more opportunities to prove himself over the course of the preseason. And Max was kind of, you know, he was below, uh, he was below, um, Cam Reddish in, 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 the rotation. And that, you know, wasn't great to see, but I think, the explanation for it was like they wanted to see as much as they possibly could from cam because I think they know what they have in max. And they wanted to give cam the first opportunity to show that he can provide a little bit more than max. And, you know, I, here's, here's kind of my expectations and where they sit with reddish. I don't even have him on my who needs to show more list in this segment. Um, because I just don't have any expectations for him. Max, I do. And Max, I did. And I don't know that like he carried the momentum from Summer League into and throughout the preseason. There were definitely flashes where you're like, holy shit, this guy is real, real. Um, but there were also flashes where you're like, okay, if this is their only hope at the shooting guard spot to have somebody who can move his feet And knock down threes, then that makes you a little nervous. So um, Max is another guy who the beginning of of this season, um, it's going to be interesting where he sits in the rotation and how ready he is to step into the kind of role that we thought he could be able to um, throughout the offseason. Finally, the last player who I thought needed to show more was Christian Wood. Um, some of the explanation that I have heard is that he was uh, was working on his conditioning, getting ready for, you know, in, in the preseason um, because of some of the lack of clarity that he had this offseason, um, that that was kind of his focus. And he was playing catch up when he finally did arrive with the Lakers. And I kind of get that, I guess. Um, but I, I just never really thought that, you know, he, whether it was next to AD, I didn't, I didn't like those minutes and whether he was playing by himself. I just, I don't know. I was never really blown away by Wood. occasionally, you know, you do see the flashes of talent, um, him attacking closeouts, him being a good enough shooter to where they're closing out in a way that he can go by them on those, on those closeouts. That's nice to see. Um, but he I, he needs to shoot better. He needs to shoot more confidently, and um, he needs to set a goddamn screen. I just I I, <laughs> um, I don't know if he set a, an actual screen all preseason, and that is going to be a very uh, important part of his role with the Lakers. And uh, <laughs> we need to see more um, in, in in that regard. Now for macro takeaways. Um, let's start with the Lakers identity. I think we know now that they are going to be a very good offensive team that I think they are going to be significantly better in the half court offensively. And um, that will kind of help carry them through the various circumstances that that pop up over the course of an 82 game season and and hopefully the 16 wins that you rack up in the postseason. I think that they are going to be tangibly worse defensively. I think I think they're very capable of being like a top five to seven offense, and I think that they're probably going to be like a top. They'll probably like a like at worst. I think they'll be league average. Right, a a, a, a the number 15 defense in the league um or they'll be in that 10 to 15 range and when you average out where they sit offensively and where they sit defensively they would come out to being you know a top 10ish in like net rating or something like that right and and uh yeah i i i'm cool with that as their identity um i i still don't i can't believe that <laughs> as often as we saw this preseason the Lakers were just absolutely overwhelming offensively in the half court. Um And, and I do think that Darvin ham is going to get guys to compete defensively enough to keep things afloat. And, and I, you know, that identity is kind of the modern makeup for championship contenders. And I think, uh I think we, we definitely will, we'll get to expectations here in a bit, but the Lakers, Sit resoundingly as one of the five or six teams that I think can win a championship this season. Um, especially if they do optimize this identity of being an overwhelming offensive team and a good enough defense, strengths and weaknesses, right? So, their strength, I think, uh, offensively, the fact that they can space the floor and give Anthony Davis and LeBron James the like way more room to operate than they have ever had as Lakers. That's exciting. Um, I think in terms of like on ball creativity, they have a ton of it that LeBron guy is pretty good. You know, uh, Anthony Davis as kind of the focal point of the offense and, you know, as a, as a screen and roller that we have seen uh, generate results before D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves are plenty for, primary secondary or even tertiary creators with that starting group. Um, I think Gabe Vincent coming off of the bench is, is a, 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 you know, the fact that he can operate in multiple types of windows, right. Like I've talked about with Pete, that is, that is very intriguing. And, and um, yeah, I think their absolute top strength is, is what they'll be able to do on the offensive side of the ball and, and, and the ways that they'll be able to succeed. They're, you know, we just watched uh, before I went, I, I recorded here. I watched Miami play against Philly and Miami. Like if they aren't just running away from you, they look very pedestrian, right? Buffalo dominated the line against them and, and they forced that, forced them to play in the mud a little bit and they sucked in that game. And I don't think they sucked as bad in, in, in this game against Philly, but you definitely saw that, you know, Philly's defensive line overwhelmed Miami's offensive line. And Tua never looked all that comfortable. Um, and and you know, it was just the 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 point here is that they they don't have right now, it doesn't look like they have like multiple ways that they can beat you. It's basically just like, yeah, we are going to be way faster than you and 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 we are gonna be so dangerous offensively that you know, we're just going to beat you that way. And I don't really think there are very many uh, um, examples of teams winning Super Bowls with that being the only way that they can, that they can overwhelm you. Um, For the Lakers, I think with the amounts of creativity that they have, the amounts of versatility that they have, if they need to, if they play in a, in a slowed down game where you have to execute, they can do that if they need to get enough stops to be okay and, and get out and, and, and win and and succeed in transition, I think they can do that occasionally. And if it's just a full on shootout where the game is in the one twenties or so uh, the Lakers have more than enough firepower, I think, to keep up with, with even the most explosive offenses in, in the NBA and I, I you know that to me is is really going to matter because in eighty two games or over the course of the sixteen wins that you need to rack up in in the postseason, you need to do so in a a bunch of ways. Yeah, you do have your hundred and two mile an hour two seamer that like is just untouchable when when you rear back and you throw it. But um for you know, for the the Lakers here, uh, you need to be able to counter, right? You need you need to you know have a curveball. You need a slider. You need a change, and and all that stuff uh, to to succeed in a in a league as competitive as the NBA currently is. And and I think that is the thing I'm most confident in. Um, weaknesses, their defense makes me nervous. I'm I'm just gonna say it. Uh, perimeter defense is just kind of not there. You're really relying on Max Christie which makes me kind of nervous. You're really relying on Jared Vanderbilt, who we saw get played off of the court multiple times over in, in the uh, post season. And yeah, like Gabe Vincent is a fine defender, but he's so small that I just don't think he's, he's going to be an impact defender. Um, I think Reeves is going to compete, but like he has his limits physically, D'Angelo Russell, I think looks a lot better defensively, but if he ever does revert, back to those bad habits, then, you know, you're really kind of struggling defensively with him and Reeves as you're starting backcourt. So defensively, they make me nervous and there are going to be games that the Lakers lose because they just couldn't get one stop down the stretch and they, you know, missed an open jumper or something like that. And that one wind, winds up being the difference. So, um, you know, the, the, it'll be something I think the Lakers look to improve over the course of the season because right now it's like it's too glaring an issue. Now, in terms of just overall expectations for this team, I expect them to compete for a championship. I expect them to be one of the top five teams in the NBA this year. Maybe not in terms of record at the end of the regular season. The Lakers' priority here is going to be Winning as much as you can while keeping LeBron and AD as healthy and fresh as possible um, when it comes time to get to the postseason. Uh, So, like, you know, I don't think they're going to lead the conference in wins. But um, that said, I, I, I do think it's fair to expect the Lakers to be one of like the top four teams in terms of wins in the conference this year. They have enough guys, they're a deep enough team. That you can succeed in in the regular season, and then, you know, at the deadline, if need be, you can consolidate that talent and and go into the postseason with a shorter rotation that is a little bit more top heavy, a little bit more explosive at the top, and and whether that is D'Angelo Russell who gets moved, whether that's Rui, who I think it, it feels more of a possibility now than I would say it did heading into the preseason. Um, whoever it is that gets moved in that in that situation um that'll be interesting to see but but yeah in terms of like expectations this regular season the lakers should have home court in the first round of the playoffs next year beyond that i don't know that i like last year was the matter of like coin flips and weather cycles like we got so far down the uh the the tie separators, the tiebreakers um, that like, <laughs> that like thread counts on jerseys was deciding who was going to be which seed in in the West Conference last year and I think we're gonna get a lot of that again this year. Um, but but I, I I do think though that the Lakers should be in that in the mix for home court in the first round maybe in the second round probably not beyond that though. And then uh, the Lakers should have at least a puncher's chance against anybody in in the NBA and, uh, you know, against other teams should be the favorites, right? Like if they, if the Lakers played the Warriors tomorrow in a seven game series, the Lakers would be favored, right? If the Lakers played in a seven game series against Phoenix, I I would probably say Phoenix is slightly favored, but it would be mostly a, a coin toss puncher's chance right and i think if the lakers played in a series against denver tomorrow i think the lake the, the nuggets would be favored but you know like 65 35 type of odds again puncher's chance puncher's chance in in that series as well and then you know you go through the rest of the conference whether it's dallas or memphis who i think is a mess and the utah okc like on down the line, if the Lakers were to play series against any of those teams, the Lakers would be, I think pretty heavy favorites uh, heading into that series. And, you know, you look at the East Milwaukee's really good. Boston's really good. The, the Lakers deserve to be in, in, in uh, you know, I would say slight underdogs in either of those series also depending on home court advantage. And, and, and that's fine. As long as the Lakers would have a chance. And I think they do. And that's, as they're currently comprised, I don't think this is the roster we know. Palinka is very, is very active at at deadlines. Um, I don't think this is going to be the roster that they finish the the season with, and and we'll see what that what that finally looks like when when it's all fully sussed out. But in terms of just like heading into the season, you know if this is how it always goes, right? Uh, somebody will ask me, my, my family will ask me what, you know, or friends that I haven't seen in a little while, like, what do you do? Whatever. And I say, I cover the Lakers. And they'll say, Oh, how do they, how do you think they're going to be this year? I, I always say, I think they're going to be good to like really good. Um, that's my expectations for them heading in. All right. That is going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers lowdown podcast. A really fun episode that I am going to be recording in a matter of hours by the time you guys are listening to this uh, Monday morning. um cannot wait to i'm I'm gonna give it away. I'm tempting fate. Last time I did this, Pete got a migraine. So sorry, Pete or Harrison, if I'm giving you a migraine right now, but uh, yeah, Pete, Harrison and I will be recording our first episode together in years. and I cannot wait. I hope you all tune in to that when it airs. So until then, and until the next time I talk to you guys, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's, and I will talk to you in a